Straight Talk Uncut. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Tellus here. Back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this episode is being recorded on August 26, 2016. And the quote for this episode goes like this. Idleness among children, as among men, is the root of all evil. It leads to no other evil more certain than ill temper. Let me read that again. Idleness among children, as among men, is the root of all evil. It leads to no other evil more certain than ill temper. And that's by Hannah Moore. So I thought about that quote uh, this week when I was talking to my oldest daughter about like college and stuff like that. About is it is college worth it and and why I went to college and, and when I left college the first time, why I went straight to the military and actually you know, why I went, why I never took any time off between high school and college. And I explained to her, I think I explained it on this podcast before. Like, I knew, I knew at an early age what idleness would, would do. You know, what what lies in, in having nothing to do. Like, the type of things that, could, that you can get into when you were in an environment that didn't have a lot of opportunities and on top of that you you're not even doing anything and you don't have any guidance you don't have anyone uh with a with a mindset to to like put your mind to work and um my my grandma she that was one of her sayings she always said that like idleness I don't know if she said it in those exact terms, but I, I remember her always saying like, uh, there no, there's no good in being idle. You know, she always kind of stressed that, like just not doing anything. And it's normally when, if she saw me playing video games, like the Atari or ColecoVision or something like that, she would always say, hey, I got something for you to do. And it would, it, it would either be like doing something in the yard or, you know, cleaning some closet that she, that she wanted organize or going through stuff she just always it was it was like always something to do in her mind uh, I remember we had this this uh, aluminum fence around our yard the, the, the house I grew up in and these vines would grow in between the you know the fence and and I actually liked it because it, it created like privacy but <laughs> like if if, she, if like I ran out of things to do if, or if I did everything else like plant the flowers, mowed the, mowed the lawn, water the plants, you know, uh, whatever choice she had for me. If I painted, I remember painting the front porch. We had a, this concrete porch. I remember like painting the front porch. Um, and I remember she would have me to cut the vines from in between those those the fence like you know the the, the uh, aluminum fence holes the 
And I'm like, how? And, and I used to think she was out of her mind. And, and I remember one time, like, I, I hated the job. I hated it, right? But I remember one time coming from school, and there was this guy, this 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 homeless guy. He was doing that job. He was doing it. And I was like, wait a minute, that's my job. And I uh, I asked her, I was like, what's, what? Uh, you know, I was like, big man, what? What's, what's, what's that guy doing? And he was one of those guys with a wheel work for food. So she had, uh, you know, got this guy to come over and do that. And then next thing I know, I'm sitting on the porch. We had this screen, screen in porch. I'm sitting on the porch eating a plate of food, you know, with this homeless guy sitting across from me. And we just chatting it up. And that became an a ongoing thing. She would just find these random guys, you know, who needed needed some food and she would come over she would have them come over and they would be they would be then this is when I got older like when I was in like uh, like a junior senior high school you know and I had band practice and stuff like that so she started getting these guys to do the stuff that she used to have me do and I was kind of like taken aback and then uh, I remember asking her about it one time and she was like well you have other stuff to do now you know I was like, I can do that. She's like, No, you busy now. You you got stuff to do now. So, you know, you don't need the you don't need to be doing that because you actually have stuff to do. And that kind of stuck stuck with me, like even to even now, even now. Uh, I I just have like one if if I I don't know. It's weird if if I'm not doing something. I just it just is a weird feeling. I don't know. Like that's that it, it took me a long time to. Uh, to distinguish like like when you actually need a break when when you need to go on a vacation you know it took me a long time to get to that point to where I wouldn't take a laptop with me on vacations uh, but you know when you're young that, that's true the idleness uh, you know it, it, if you don't have like any inclination of what you're gonna do it doesn't lead to a lot of time it doesn't lead to to anything good you know it's different if if you're already doing something and then you want to be idle for a little bit, but if you don't have a plan and then you you think you're gonna like take time off and figure it out, from from my experience, the people that did that, it, it led to led to no nothing good. So when my daughter was asking me about that, and I was like, no, you don't have to go to college, but you have to do something. You can't, you know, you have to do something. You can't just be idle thinking you're figuring shit out. You have to. You have to do something, I, you know, and, and that's always been my my uh, both my philosophy and my wife's philosophy. Like, we we don't push our kids to go to school because we both tried, you know, went to school. We both ended up in the Air Force because we ran out of money for school. So we definitely don't put that. And and we both, it's it's so so funny. We both did the same thing. We right right out of high school, we didn't take any time off. Um, you know, we went. We, we had the summer and we went right to college and um, as far as I remember that there was no, no no other nobody I hung around with none of my like uh, my little clique did that um, some of them went straight to actually yeah some of them went straight to the military like right out of high school went straight to the military because you know we it, it was one of those things where we all it's kind of like a kind of like one of those moments when you you it's like uh what would you call it like 
when you get to a point in life when you know, yeah, man, we're not kids anymore. This this is the real world. When we when we came close to uh, got around the time we were getting ready to graduate, we just started looking around us, looking at our environment, knowing that there was nothing to offer in our environment. I mean, it, you know, it, it was it was just nothing to offer. We we knew that from the from the uh, from the start, especially the people that I was in um, that I, I played music with. We, you know. We, we we that's how that's that's what that that was our escape. You know what I mean? Like our escape was we had this thing, we all did it, we did it well, and it kept us from our our other environment. You know, because we, we actually had stuff to do and then when we saw that coming to the end, coming to the end, even though the like I think a hundred percent of us had like music scholarships. Like all of us. And um but then that was a that was a, a, a change in itself because no one um, no one ar- around us was doing it. <laughs> Even though we went to the football uh, games and stuff to see the band, we you know we uh, we strived to do that. But it was like we really had no one to say, yeah, that's what you should be doing and pushing us to do it. We were kind of just like flailing on our own, but we knew we had to do something. You know, so so telling my daughter that I was trying to instill in her uh, that, like you know, you don't going to especially because she, you know, she's an artist. Going to school to learn art is is, unless you're going to be like think you're going to teach. And I I told her about like my philosophies about if you're going to be an artist and then teach to make your living but then still like create your own pro- projects and not have to surrender to doing the kind of art doing art you don't want to do i was like that's that's also viable you can teach which is admirable you know you can even uh you know continue on to teach on a a, a higher level you know than like grade school middle school or whatever just to earn a paycheck and then um and then you know do your your type of art but you know i I was just letting her know like what kind of dedication that take and i was giving her examples of people who who did it who who either started off as artists and then started teaching and then started doing their personal projects you know what i mean like started off say take photography for instance they started off working at like a magazine you know back when magazines paid and newspapers paid photographers and stuff like that and then now they're professors at, at, at uh, you know, on the college level. But then they, now they're doing all these personal projects. You know, I told her, you know, she can, she can just start out teaching. If she, if she, if she really want to go to school, you know, get a degree, a, art, or a, a degree in art and teach and, uh, and do her personal projects. Or don't spend money on a traditional college and just pay for the stuff she want to learn through like online training, you know, whether it's lender.com or avenues like that. You know what I mean? So, um, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of, I mean, especially now, I mean, I just finished paying off school loans probably like two years ago, you know, and I, and I started college in 92. <laughs> you know, I went, to, I went to college first in 92 for computer science and then 
that didn't work out. Uh, then I started trans transitioning to into other like technology fields, and I ended up getting a degree in art. <laughs> but over those years, I racked up bills. You know, even with the GI Bill and other other um, uh, employers paying for portions of it, I still, I, you know, I still it still took me. I mean, I wasn't paying. I, you know, I had deferments and stuff like that. I wasn't paying on it continuously, but. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, it seemed like a racket. It seemed like a racket to me. Uh, just just traditional learning. It just it seemed like bullshit. I was giving her examples of, like, you know, here I was. Even when I was taking computer science, when I was majoring in computer science, like, take it, having to take, like, world civilization and, and all these other nonsensical-ass courses just racking up fees and racking up bills taking bullshit that I that I, I like have nothing to do nothing whatsoever to do with the thing that I major in it, it's, it's just such a such such a racket I, I don't care how you try to spin it it's such a racket it, it should the, the priority should be whatever it takes to get that degree and then if there's a, like other stuff you want to learn you, you know it's your option but to, to be learning if you majoring in one thing and to be learning stuff that's like totally in left field has nothing to do with your degree not even on a uh not even on like a little like a background knowledge level you know what i mean not, not like not anything not even close to having to do with anything with what you wanted to do in life what you're trying to get a degree in uh so you can earn a living doing that thing yeah it's it's, it's nonsense it's bullshit and i and i tell all all three of my kids is that you know you don't you don't have to go to college but you have to do something you know it, matter of fact i put it like this if they would if they if their choice was between the military and college i would tell them to pick military any fucking day of the week you get paid to go to the military you don't get paid to go to college matter of fact you get paid to go to the military and you still can go to college f pretty much for free while you're in the military so so yeah, that's 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 without a doubt. If I if I had to had it to do it all over again, I would have just skipped fucking college and just went to the Air Force straight off, straight off the bat. But that was but the Air Force was my back my backup plan. I should have just made that my primary and then got my degree, you know, while I was in there. But uh anyway, I know I rambled on about that, but that's man, that's one of those things that I never like I don't have I don't have strong opinions about a lot of things like politics man whatever I, I don't have because I know that's that's nothing you know I'm one person you know you can say what you want but we come on look just look at look at who's running for president now you tell me that politics is not bullshit you 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 other sit there with a straight face and, and, and tell me you know just look at who's running for it's never been a worse scenario that I can think of. I, I, I do remember reading about, I can't remember which president it was, but I think he was a, um, he was an, he was, he was like an actor or something like that, or, and I'm, I'm not talking about Reagan, but he had like good looks, and so they, they pretty much, you know, he had the appearance of of authority, he had he had a like a distinguishing presence. I can't remember which president it was, 
but it was like the worst president in history. But I'm saying in my lifetime, this the the, the fiasco that is our presidential race now is is just is embarrassing and it's laughable. You know what I mean? And I don't like I said I don't have strong opinions um, that I that I share to like talk about but you know especially with my kids but talking about college and stuff like that traditional education that's one of them I could talk to anybody all day about but like someone even even if I have strong opinions about like religion and stuff like that if someone wanted to talk to me about it I'd be like no I don't want to talk about that it's not because it's not it's not it's not anything that I can prove like factual it's not you know it's, it's just theories and stuff but I can speak from my own experience about traditional higher learning so anyway um, so updates updates on everything updates on on film photography <clears throat> see I have uh, I have uh, some film and some developer coming in the mail from B&H uh, I just went on with, with D76. I can't remember if I talked about this Monday or not. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so because I didn't order it until after Monday. Anyway, so I ordered, I just went with D76 because I didn't want to order from two different places. I wanted I wanted to get the Adenol, the, the Rodenol, like, replacement. I wanted to get that from, from uh, B&H, but they, they don't ship it. They don't, it's in-store pickup only. So I just went with D76. I got two packets of it. And, and then I just got a 100-foot roll of 400-speed, um, what is it, Kent Mirror? Is that the film? Because I, from from research, I people say it's close to Ilford HP5. I think that's what they, what I'm, what I'm finding finding out is a lot of these like off brand off name brands that I've never heard of or just like rebrands of the bigger companies so I figured what you know whatever and I, I've shot I've been shooting with the hundred speed but you know again I um, since I'm, I'm you know uh, I'm still learning I can't I don't know I, I really don't know if it's me or if it's the actual film I have nothing to gauge as to is it a quality film or is it me that's that's one thing too let me let me say this um i'm not quick to if anything if anything go, goes wrong with something i'm doing i look at the user first i look at myself first i'm not quick to say well this uh this this film sucks because it didn't go right for me and then you find 50,000 other reviews saying how wonderful it is I don't I don't get people like that. Like they do something one time and it don't it don't go right for them and then they blame the thing instead of you know thinking maybe I did something wrong. You know, I don't I don't understand it. So anyway, uh, so I can't really tell, you know, I don't I don't know if it's if it's me, if it's developer, if it's uh, the film, you know, there's so many there's so many things involved and I'm the weakest link in all of it. You know, this film and and, and, uh, and developer stuff, this stuff is tried and true. And there are all sorts of reviews showing that it's actually 
that is actually uh, people getting good result, good results. So I'm the weak link in all of it. You know what I mean? So, so, so yeah, that's the way I look at it. Um, but the V700 is is awesome. Uh, 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 you know, I've been still doing some testing and. The software is is glitchy. The the one thing the software does a bad job at, and I'm still trying to figure that out is well, it has it has three, when you're scanning films film with the film holder, it, it's it's there's three ways it can do it. You can go just to normal view, and most of you know this. If you use scanner uh, Epson scan and stuff like this, you 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 know you know this. Um, one thing it does is it scans all the the slide, all the the film slots or the film, yeah, the, all the, the the different slots in the film holders, and you can see all of them at once, and then you can create a little crop marquee around each frame that you want to scan. That's one way, or it's supposed to. Um, it's supposed to re register the the borders of each frame, and then you you're supposed to have like this thumbnail view. Well, the thumbnail view is I'm not I'm having a problem with it because it's not it's not acting right, and I can't and you can't look at each frame close. You can't you know bring up each thumbnail because it's like cropping out half of the frame. And so I did some tests and see if that was just the view that it was. That it was producing or will it actually scan that crop and so I, I did some scans you know when it when it gave a bad crop when it read the film holder wrong and it actually scans exactly what's on the screen so so what I what I've been having to do is just view the film holder in full view meaning showing the, the single the film holder all at once and showing all the frames that I have loaded and then creating the marquee, and then manually cropping, uh, cropping each each frame that I want to scan, and how I want to scan it. You know, the crop area that I want to scan. So that's kind of a pain, but you know, it's still the the, the quality is still the, the best quality I've seen in the scanner. So whatever. Um, and I'm not sure if Silverfast has a better version of that. You know. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to like. I mean, I may do it if I if if it gets too annoying the way I'm doing it now. I may just open up Silver Fast and see. But from from all the videos I've seen, because I, I I did watch videos on Silver Fast and still the the only the only videos of, of Silver Fast that come up that I that even intrigue me are the ones of the the professional level software the uh i think it's like silver silver fast ai studio or something like that now that now if, if it came with that i wouldn't even hesitate to load it on my computer but that the little basic version doesn't look any anything more capable than what was with the uh epson's uh the, the 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 default epson scan software so uh what else oh so i may be dusting off the uh the the extract brewing equipment this weekend. I I got a, a arrogant bastard clone that I want to do. I've been want I wanted to uh, 
we're doing a road trip and I wanted to take some homebrew on a road trip. So I came up with this, well, I found this Arrogant Bastard clone. It's pretty easy. It's only like, it's only like two malt, two fermentable malts and then like a special grade. It's, it's like simple. Uh, so I may do that. I, I, I was just kind of gauge time because usually it's like, I don't know, anywhere from like five to seven weeks. You know, to get a to get a brew from uh, from brewing it to drinking it, and that's about the time that we leave. So it'll be it'll be close, and I don't want to like you know mess up and rush it or anything like that. So, um, but I did I did also found these two kits from this this uh, this brew supply store called Northern Brewer that this guy was selling on on uh, Craigslist and I emailed him but I haven't heard anything back. It was two box kits. All I would need to get is the yeast and uh, and you know it's two ready-made kits which would just get me you know those ready-made kits that's how I started off. I started off using those ready-made kits and it, it and it's pretty much if you got the equipment it's a no-brainer man. They You just follow the instructions. That's how I started, bro. You just follow the instructions in the kit. I mean, it's not anything hard at all. But um, there was one kit for an Irish ale and then another one for Odell's uh, 90 shillings from Odell Brewery. And I think the other one was a, maybe it was a, a custom Irish. I, don't, I, I can't remember if it was from, from a, uh, a, a, a brewer or not so so that's what i'm looking at and hope you know I, I do have some my wife's talking about a paint party this weekend <laughs> so we, we'll see i mean if i if i don't get it if i don't brew it this weekend then i know chances are i won't be able to brew in time and have it fermented and have it bottle conditioned by the time we we leave on our road trip so um so we'll see. I think the quickest I've ever went from went from brewing to drinking was my probably my first batch ever, and it was just a little Cooper's from a Cooper's kit that came with my uh, my setup, and it was just like it was something like a better version of like a of uh, Coors. Like a Bud Light or a Coors, it was just a you know, just like a light beer, but it was delicious. It had like more citrusy flavor than, than you know, than like the the big domestic Coors or or uh, Bud Light type beers. So, but I think I did that one in like I want to say like four or five weeks. It was it was real simple. I mean, really, really simple. Um, matter of fact, it, yeah, it was all extract. There was no special malts or special grains or anything like that. It was just, it was just uh, extract. So, so yeah. So I, I, I mean, I figured because I wanted to get into all grain, but I was like, you know what? Let me, let me get my feet back wet doing extract uh, because I'm already set up for that. I wanted to, we, I wanted to take some on this road trip and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty used to that. I, I, I can get back into that real quick. So that's what I'm looking at for that. Uh, so which means I'll be taking a break from my uh, 
from my my regimen, from my eating plan, my regimen, all that. Um, <clears throat> and and as far as that goes, I I, I uh, I've been fluctuating a half a pound from week to week. I've been going from one one eighty point five to one eighty one or one eighty point five to um, one like like okay so I weighed myself this morning it was one eighty one. When I weighed myself Monday it was one eighty point five. And then like depending on what I do over the weekend Monday it may be at like one seventy nine point five or something like that, but it's like fluctuating within a half a pound or a pound, and so I, I think I'm plateauing. So this weekend I may do a reset, meaning have like a day where I just carb load, and then uh, go back on it, and then do like go back to the same eating plan, but then increase my workout. Um. Either adding in more cardio or doing like uh, doing like uh, a tour day. So, so that's what I'm looking at for that. You know, I may, I may, uh, I'm have to tweak that a little bit. So anyway, that's it. That's it for this episode. I just wanted to give you guys a little update on what's going on. Um, the the so when I get this film, the, I'm gonna hit hit the hit my film project full force. So stay tuned for that. Tell us at straighttalkuncut.com is uh, where you can send questions and comments. I I've been really thinking about getting like a Flickr account maybe uh, to sort of keep, to tie in with my website. Uh, you know, Flickr been around the longest over Instagram. And, and Instagram just seems like, when, when I, like a lot of time when I'm looking at film photography online, I, when I'm looking at pictures and researching um develop formulas or a film or something like that Flickr always come up instagram never comes up and you know even when i'm searching for my phone so that, that's telling me something uh when i when i see other people doing projects they normally post it to Flickr. there's a lot of Flickr communities a lot of Flickr group groups based around film photography so that's why i i say i may get end up getting a Flickr account it's funny it's 2016 i've never had a Flickr account uh, so anyway that's it like I always say I don't know a lot but what I do know I talk straight about this has been Straight Talk Uncut thank you guys for listening talk to you in the next episode